Welcome, everybody. Uh, take two, I guess. <laughs> we failed to record the first time. Yeah, I, you know, common problem. Just hitting the button seems to be a skill set that we do not have. <laughs> I think that's the first time we've done that. We have that skill set. No, we've, you... we've definitely fucked up a recording before. Well, yeah, no. we, we lost our, our first recording oh, yeah, entirely, I, sadly. I forgot about that. Uh, so that's a podcast that you folks will sadly never hear. Uh, anyway, happy belated fourth. Uh, we missed... We missed one due to yes. the 4th of July. All of us were out of town. We're busy otherwise with important family and American things that we were all doing. Yeah. You know, I slept through the fireworks on the 4th of July. Well, that means you had a good... <laughs> I'm a bad American. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you know, I think it, that means you had a good night before the 4th of July if you're sleeping through the fireworks. <laughs> oh, I wish man. I could say that I did, but I don't know about you, but travel knocks me out. So I was on a plane for a bunch of hours that day and I was just done gotcha yeah uh so let's talk hey what if we introduced ourselves some games yes that's actually a good idea (laughs) thank you evelyn for calling me out uh so that is evelyn i'm evelyn and i'm carlo and i'm zach uh thanks for thanks for tuning in thanks for tuning in to pixel radio to pixel radio (laughs) thank you for that that's gonna be some sort of like advertisement or just like tagline like we're gonna take that clip slice it all up post it all over the internet i'll send it around so maybe you're hearing it right now (laughs) anyway uh so uh yeah let's talk about some games uh let's just jump right into somebody's favorite new thing yes so i finally got a switch and i finally got breath of the wild people who know me you guys know that Zelda is my favorite series, and I'd been kind of holding off on it for a while, and I am finally, finally playing Breath of the Wild. So that makes me very excited. I'm happy to be able to finally talk about it and share what I think. Uh, yeah, so how, many, how many hours are you into it so I'm far? I'm not that far. I'm not very yeah. far into it. I'm... At least you've gone past like the first sort of stage. You got your glider or whatnot. Yep. I'm, off the, I'm off the plateau. I'm sort of beginning the memory location phase oh yeah I, I i totally remember that like i i i think that was like the last thing i just i did before i completed the game was that memory phase thing before um, you just decided yeah eh, forget it yeah we're, that we're is doing this. <laughs> I, as someone that played through the game i highly recommend you go through that because that is pretty much where all the story is i i'm figured as much i i'm still sort of exploring still kind of Still kind of aimless about a lot of things. Uh, yeah, I, I was was saying a minute ago that it reminds me very much of if you combined Skyrim with sort of the newer Tomb Raider. Because you have all the, the big giant world to explore, but also lots of little one-off things to figure out the puzzles. Like the shrines as an analog to the dungeons, I guess, kind of makes sense. Yeah. Because uh, they are like very focused around one thing and one thing only which is kind of neat and it leads to a lot of very satisfying puzzle solving I think, you know now that you mention it the potion crafting system in skyrim is actually really fairly similar to the cooking system in breath of the I mean, wild yeah, yeah certain certain <laughs> certain items have like certain whatever yeah. like 
whatever bonuses. To, and it doesn't really out. hold your hand in yeah. figuring it out. And the shrines, like, the thing I really liked about Breath of the Wild was the fact that you had so many different shrines, which are these one-off things, right? It's that it allowed, um, at least, at least I think, the developers the ability to kind of change things around or, like, play around with different ideas. So, Be really like, creative. Yeah, because, yeah. like, when you look at the puzzles from older Zelda games, they're very very based on a certain temple learning a certain item for example like oh yep. you got the bow and arrow or you got the ice rod fire rod whatever and it was very focused on teaching you how to use that and how to use it effectively which can be certainly a really good thing i mean uh twilight princess is still has my favorite zelda dungeon ever i'm unfortunately blanking the name but it's the first fire dungeon where you get the metal boots and all of a sudden like it's the iron boots so you're like okay it's iron boots i'll sink in water uh but then they've have a magnetic thing as yeah. well, which is something that had, they'd never really done before. And I remember just being like, whoa, I've never thought of th using this thing in that way before. And just like relearning the dungeon and thinking about things vertically and stuff like that. That's That whole experience is maybe my favorite Zelda experience still. It's the Goron Mines. It's the Goron Mines is okay, the one yeah, I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah, like the, the mechanics in that game just make it very good. Something I actually just thought of that I thought was very interesting, even though the comparisons to both Tomb Raider and Skyrim is that um, interesting enough. Something I think that makes it more still Zelda is that fact that there's no real like tech tree or yes. leveling up skill tree. There's thing. no upgrading really. You yeah, I mean, yeah, you, gear, you can but... you can upgrade your gear and stuff like that, but it's not like a it's not like it's it's not like oh, I'm putting points in to run faster. Yeah, there are a few things that I wish. I could do that for, like, the, of the very few criticisms I have of the game, uh, one of them is that the bow combat system isn't really tight. It doesn't feel that tight to me. I think, like, using a bow, I don't end up doing it that much because it feels very loose. Yeah. Uh, what weapons are your preferred ones in the game? Because there's a lot of variety. There's a lot yeah. of variety. Uh, I like using swords. It's sort of yeah. most natural Classic. for me. Yeah. Also, uh, I think... Wait, is this... I want to say this is like part of the game from the very beginning, but you know if you jump, right, you can actually use the bow and you get the slowdown? Yes, okay. which does help, but... That, it, that changed the whole... Like, I went through half the game not knowing that, and that changed <laughs> the game. Yes, and I do use that. I wish that didn't use stamina. Yeah. That was, that's a thing that's kind of unfortunate. I made that mistake when I was uh, playing with my girlfriend, and unfortunately, I so I jumped off one of the towers and was sort of gliding along, and then I was like oh, cool, there's going to be all these enemies here. I'm going to show her something super cool, go into slow-mo and take <laughs> them all out. Oh, no. And uh, I was out of stamina, still like 30 feet above them, so I just fell and died. Uh, my cool badass moment, unfortunately, did not work out so, so well for me. So are you the me. type of player who levels up hearts first or stamina first? Uh, I try to keep it about 2 to 1. I keep it about 2 to 1 hearts to stamina. Uh yeah, I, I I max stamina. Then I started doing hearts. Yeah. <laughs> well, because like like I also felt like because like you can there are other ways to get hearts containers. I don't know if you, uh, you're not yeah, that far. Yeah, there's I'm food that, that you far. can make that levels. Are, yeah, like, yeah. Boost then, your hearts. Yeah, and... like if you if you abuse the food system. Yeah. Which you game, can totally do. I, there's definitely stuff I could do to do that. I I'm definitely a bit of a hoarder when it comes to items. Yeah. And you know, I it's. I totally get what everyone is talking about, about like, yeah, I don't want to waste my good item on this. Yeah, like where you're like, oh, they just dropped a Boko Club. I'm going to go ahead and smash your face with that so I don't have to use my 57 power sword. <laughs> and then you get to the end of the game and you're like, 
Oh shit! You're like, you're like oh, <laughs> I have everything. Oh, I'm fighting Ganon, and wait, oh wait, this last boss fight. I'm not actually using my sword. <laughs> uh, I have 57 amazing swords. We'll uh, we'll see what happens when I get there. I'm I'm still progressing, probably very slowly. You asked how far I was into it. Um. I mean, it's 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 a it's, it's a game of, that you get distracted on the way to do the thing you want to do. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's that's of sort that, of another thing of that. that you get with sort that's of the Skyrim thing. That is very much a Skyrim thing. Is as you're going to complete the quest, suddenly you get eight other things. You're like, ooh, what's that? And the shrines are what they've done really well with the shrines. Is it feels really rewarding both to complete yeah. them and you feel like you get a real tangible reward out of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just so much clever stuff going on. There's a bunch of really interesting stuff that really fits with the world and the setting. Like, one of the things that I really appreciate about it is they could hypothetically go back to a traditional Zelda game without it being, like, without it not making sense, if that makes sense. Like, this isn't something where I feel like, oh, they're doing this just because it's a giant technical leap forward. Uh, and it sounds like they're going to be doing more thing is, open like, worlds. Like I don't. This. I don't. Yeah, like I don't know if you can necessarily go back if it's not for for at least for a three D Zelda. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like I don't. I think you can go back, like sort of, like make it a little bit, maybe perhaps a little more linear, a little more story, a lot like Skyrim ish. Yeah, but like in terms of moving back to something like Twilight Princess or something like that, right? Or Skyward Sword. I think that. It you're taking too much away from the expectations of the series now. That's because that's, this is such a big shakeup. Like that is fair. I feel at least I want to see a Zelda game with a little bit more story polish from this game. But this is like this is me talking about it like you know multiple months after I played it and having played other stuff at the same time to inform that very sort much of so. And yeah, I'm still not that far into it. I've been moderately dedicated with the story stuff. I guess. I mean, yeah, like I mean, uh, like I said, I think some of the best parts from that game come from the emergent gameplay over the story beats. Yeah, I mean, you can really do a lot of super cool story stuff there or create a story lot, which is yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interesting stuff. I could I feel like I could just go and start taking taking things on in terms of the final stuff, but also I'm like I'm scared about it and I yeah. just want to I just want to explore more and I just want to experience more of more of the world, more of the the feel of it and really get deep into it before I, I, I get to jumping in with everything else. I mean, yeah, so I mentioned, you know, I really only have two criticisms about the game. I haven't so far. Yeah. yeah. And, and those are that the bow combat doesn't feel that tight. I mean, you can Z-target when you're relatively close, which yeah, is fine. Yeah, but, but the Z-targeting, I found even sometimes, like, if the if you Z-target and you shoot the bow while somebody's moving, it doesn't lead, right? Yes, so it does you, not lead. So you have to deal with that. Yeah, which is very frustrating. Um, and then you have to sometimes, like, I've tried, I tried to use tilt controls, but it's, it's rough. Yeah, and it's very frustrating to... To use the bow because there is so much drop on the arrows. Trying to do sneak attacks from any sort of distance is very difficult. And I wish it was a little bit tighter. There's a little bit of like shake, I guess, in the bow that makes it feel not quite as 
like not much of a shake, but it feels like there's a bit of a shake. And that keeps me from feeling very precise about yeah, you, it. You should you should see if you can turn off the tilt controls because that could be it too. Yeah, I, I, that may be a thing where it's like, yeah, just in I, the settings and I haven't messed with it. Yeah, because I think by default you can do the like you can. Oh yeah, yeah, the like double-handed bow and stuff. And it's like you can like you can aim it by like tilting and moving up, kind of like Splatoon controls. Yeah, and uh, yeah, other criticism I have is I don't mind the weapon degrading system. I, I kind of like it on some level. It for it really fits the world really well. It forces you to use weapons that you don't might not necessarily otherwise use. Like yes, the thing that the really annoys me about whatever. it is it's on the screen. The your whatever is. Wait, what? The, the, the little like the text that comes text up that, that says comes it's up badly that says that damaged. It's badly damaged. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. already so much crap on the screen in that game that it's just the one thing that like puts me over the edge. It drives me <laughs> <Yeah>. crazy. <laughs> For There's me, so much stuff on the screen. The I, like, it, that's always like a signal for me to throw my weapon. Yeah. Because yeah, that, like when you throw it, it automatically explodes, right? So yep. it's just like, well, time to throw this guardian blade. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely, yeah. What what I've noticed is that some of the weapons I feel like should last a lot longer than they do. Yeah. And I get very disappointed. Like uh, I got an eightfold blade pretty early on in the game. And, you know, it's pretty good. It's not hyper powered or anything like that but it's a pretty good weapon and i was thinking oh yeah this is like a super strong blade and then after basically two fights it was gone and i was like well all right yeah. now it's back to just standard swords i guess i don't know that's fine uh and I, yeah i wish that there was a way for you i wish that the weapons lasted a little bit longer yeah i don't need them to not degrade but i wish yeah. that it would be a little bit longer for some of them. Yeah, I want to say as like you gain more. So I think the way the way that the game levels you up, obviously, like or calculates your level is based on how many spirit orbs you have, how many hearts, or how many uh, mm -hmm. how big your stamina bar is. And I think I want to say as those values go up, the quality of enemies tends to increase, and therefore their loot tends to become higher, higher level. So I wonder if that's like a deal because like I do notice, I do remember like when I was last playing fighting like some of these camps that I had already cleared out and that have like usually like low level stuff but still finding things like very durable weapons like 40 like 30 to 40s okay so yeah I, we'll see what happens I've been progressing very much forward uh, mostly just getting distracted by towers and shrines. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much all I've been like getting out of my way for. Because there is something just really satisfying about climbing a tower. Yeah. And getting that big spot on your map. Oh wait, that actually does annoy. Reminds me of one thing that always annoyed me was rain. Oh yeah, the rain climbing thing. Uh, yeah, that that is frustrating. Sometimes, sometimes I'm just stuck there, and I look at the like the little weather thing at the bottom, and I'm like. All right, so I'm going to have to wait here a couple hours before the rain <laughs> subsides, so I'm just going to put this switch down, do something else. Leave for a little bit. Yeah, it, it does make it feel like more of a world Yeah. Uh, with that going on, but it is still it is still frustrating, no doubt about that. All right. Anyway, so that's my uh, Breath of the Wild talk for a good, oh, 15 minutes or something yeah, like, like that. Uh, so minutes. what else have you guys been well, playing? Before we started recording, me and Carla were talking a little bit about Nier Automata, and I want to hear about it. Everyone keeps talking about it, but I don't know anything about the game. Uh, yeah, so it's one of those other where than I, Nier Automata Automata. I don't know how whatever. Oh, I don't, I don't know. know. Automata mm. sounds way cooler than the Automata, in my opinion. I hope it's Automata because that's how Automata. it's spelled. <laughs> Automata. It just it's, it's just emphasis, right? But yeah. um, so yeah, this is a game made by uh, the Platinum 
Platinum Games, uh, makers of Bayonetta. Uh, the new did they make the new Double Micro? No, I don't think they made the new Double Micro. Mm-hmm. But they're yeah, they're the team uh, that you know makes Bayonetta those sorts of games. So you get the you know you have that sort of super combo system. Metal Gear Rising, I think they also made. Um, but the big thing about Near Automata is more that it's less about the gameplay and more about the story. Like I'm really enjoying the gameplay in contrast to some what other some people have been saying out there. Yeah. It is very one note. It is a lot of just mashing X and Y. So it's kind of like you almost feel a little bit Dynasty Warriors. I was just going <laughs> to say. Um, I'm playing through the second route right now. So the, yeah, the big thing about this game is that you play through it multiple times to get more of the story. Mm. Oh, and interesting. Then, um, so... I'm playing through this second route right now. I beat the first route. Um, it deals with some very, very interesting questions about um, humanity. Um, a lot of things with like things like they're very thinly veiled references. Like one of the characters you meet, their name is uh, Pascal. <laughs> uh, another one of the characters, I think it's like for this side shoot. quest, you have uh, <laughs> you have um, shoot. Who's that one existentialist? Um, there's a many yeah, you're gonna have to be much more specific. Um, wait, I'm trying to remember. Like, Camus, the famous one. No, and it, the two main characters are like androids or something. Yeah, like they're that, two. Right? They're two yeah. So, so basically, of course, it would have themes yeah. of what is a human. Blah, so, blah, blah. Um, if you haven't known that there used to be a game called Near that came out a long, long time ago, um, with a couple characters, and it kind of it was a crazy game because basically there were like two versions of the game that you could play. One where you played like the a young version of Near, and one where you played an older man. Or, or supposedly an older version here and it was like super weird and super convoluted but it was like it was in my opinion just like um a very good game very good storytelling um and then now you fast forward to this which seems to have like no connection to the previous one except for a small few tidbits if you actually are looking for it and you basically are playing two androids that are fighting against this these sort of robot machines and they look fucking adorable by the way <laughs> is one of their names yoshime no <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, sorry. Flaming Lips reference yeah. my '90s music um, coming out. <laughs> but like, yeah. So basically, um, you there are like these small little cute little brown machines, right? And it's it's just weird because like it's such a juxtaposition because like you're trying, you're just basically fighting through them. And as you kind of go through the game, you kind of start to see things aren't really as they were because supposedly the androids were made by the humans who got who a very very long time ago were ousted from earth to the moon because aliens came to earth and basically attacked them with their machines okay (laughs) and basically that's the whole storyline and you're an android along with another android you know uh, made by humanity to basically fight this war and this is like i want to say like the it's been ongoing for thousands of years like hundreds of years hundreds of thousands of years or something a long damn time yeah like i think they're on like the 10th 10th android war or 11th android war or something um, and this is androids versus aliens machines. or androids, androids versus, versus machines. Alien hmm. machines. Well, machines made by the aliens. Okay. Uh, so is that huh. a spoiler, by the way? <laughs> no, no, no. Because like that—that's kind of part of what it's at the very beginning is set up to be okay. like, oh yeah, these are these are uh, machines made by like the evil aliens because they ousted us and like blah blah blah. And so then, like, that's like all the stuff on the very like like the intro. Kind of. It's like on the. It's like that's what it's like playing up to be, but then as you start playing the game, it gets, it starts dealing with like weird themes of humanity and kind of like, what is a person? Like it, it hits you with them very very fast. 
because um, there's like a very beginning side quest, and I, I don't feel like I'm spoiling much for this, but where after you complete the side quest, he, he, he tells you I need you need to get parts to fix my arm, basically, because I need to fix my arm in order for me to like be able to repair this or like sell stuff to you or whatnot. So you go off, you collect a few parts from a bunch of machines, like you just like farm them, come back, give them his stuff. And then like one of the androids is like, well, you know, wouldn't it be cheaper to just like replace your arm, right? Or I think leg or something. Why, why won't you replace that? And he goes like, but this is the leg that I've had since like I was like born more to speak, so to speak as an android. Um, so if I got hmm. rid of that, would I still be me? Like, that's the only reason I keep this, like, dumb leg, because I don't think I would still be me if I didn't keep that leg. And, of mm. course, like, one of the androids is very, like, oh, that doesn't make logical sense, blah, 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 sure, blah. Sure, sure. But it's, like, you, you're, no, like... that oh. is an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, I've, you know, it, it's one of those games where I've heard a lot from that perspective of it taking a lot of those questions of what what does it mean to be human, what does it mean to be a robot, and, but... I, I've only heard that about it and then seen legions of fan art about it. And that's pretty much all I <laughs> yeah, know. That was story. 100% of my impression of the game yeah. is people, A, complaining about how bad the PC port is. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. So, yeah, so, like, I am playing on PC. Um, it is fine as far as I can tell because I'm doing one of, like, the resolution patch. And I haven't crashed yet, so I can't really... I can't really say whether that is that big of an issue for me. So I'm not 100% sure. But, um... I'm currently getting going through my second playthrough right now where you basically have this you're play, you're playing like the other character of the two main characters and basically his combat's not as much fun and I've been reading online and said like you just need to push through this to get to like the real real good part because okay. you're playing through the same story beats. Right, right, right. Um you're just going through from a different perspective. And I so like I'm just trying to push through that to get to the good parts cuz like from what I hear, there's some like really, really good stuff it's hinting at. Um, so, cool. so do you know how many excited. times you have to play through it to get the full story? So yeah, so so technically, it's technically three because I want to say that the the last three, like so, the endings all have like a name, and there are actually 26 different endings, a like oh a my. through z. Okay. The first the first two playthroughs are basically the same, and then afterwards you have a playthrough like c, um, that. I think has multiple endings depending on the choices that you make and basically that's how it goes out so the basically a through a through e are basically the main story endings basically a b c d e okay um everything afterwards are basically bad endings or joke endings where it's like at the very beginning if you die it's like oh then she died ah she she sucks whatever <laughs> and then it, like it's funny because like it actually will show you an ending title with like the with the letter, and then it, instead of the credits rolling like they normally do, they speed up like, <laughs> and then like, and then it puts was, you back to the front screen, and then you you load from your most recent save. So you have a, a PS4. Why did you decide to play on PC and not PS4? Um, frame rate issues. I hear oh, okay. it was better on PC. Really? Um, but Gosh, I, all, everything I read online was play this on it, PS4. Well, if it, you possibly it, it can. crashes is from what I'm being yeah. told, and there are some resolution patches that you need to put out because it won't play at like full 1440. It'll play at like some squish 1050 at 1440 which is stupid okay but um hmm. as far as i know i'm having i'm having fun with it but yeah there are a bunch of dumb endings where it's like ooh, you you like so like you have like a bunch of chips that you plug in that give you your different powers mm -hmm. or like different upgrades one of the chips is like 
It says core chip. If you remove this, you will die. <laughs> if you remove it, you will die, and that's an ending. All right, and it's just go. like it's just like what? why not? Why not? Yeah, it's I, like I, committing was, suicide uh, is an ending. It's so dumb. There was a game, an indie game that came out a couple of years ago. I want to say yeah. where the the narrative technique, I guess, the narrative hook of the game. Uh, was that it's a grandpa telling his grandson about his adventures, and then like occasionally, like if you fall off a cliff, it'll be like, and then I fell off a cliff and died. Wait, no, that didn't happen. And then no, that oh, kind of stuff. Uh, no, like I want to say that was one of the Prince of Persia games. Uh, was it one no, of the? No, because because what happened is like wow, I, I remember, well, it wasn't like that. It may have been a similar storytelling because it was an indie indie game. Prince of Persia obviously was not an sure. indie game, but Prince of Persia there was a thing. I remember when you played the first one, it was like he the guy was telling like the the main character was like telling this to this princess, right, trying to impress her. Sure. And then like he would kind of go through the story, and when you would die, he would be like, like it would be like boom, like game over, and then he would go like, well, wait a minute, that's not exactly how I remembered it, and it was just like <laughs> it was just like this cheeky thing, and I remember it because I would hear it again and. Fucking again because like yes. that game was a lot of like retrying. It is kind of a neat narrative technique that I'm surprised more games don't do is tie in your death because most likely you're gonna die a fair amount of times yeah. in a game into some of the narrative in a way and really do something with that because it I mean it's a large part of the game for a lot of people particularly something you know like I've been playing Breath of the Wild I die a lot in that game and. It doesn't really have any impact. No, it doesn't have a lot of an impact. I mean, you know, I don't necessarily need it to be Dark Souls where you have to, like, fight your way back yeah, to you, get all you, your stuff. you have to do that in here. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm surprised that there isn't, like, a narrative component of yeah. that in more games. Of You know, I, I was so sure in Bioshock Infinite <laughs> that that was going to be one of the components there is, oh, you know, and, and it kind of was, but... It's, you know, there, there's a lot of yeah. games where I play where I'm like, oh, I, you know, now that I've died, I feel like, oh, that's the end. Oh, it's not the end, of course, because it's never going to be. But it'd be nice to have games where that does sort of tie in a bit. And it's making kind of a statement about what death is in a video game. Yeah. Like Edge of Tomorrow. In oh, yeah. Like the form, kind of the restart. Like, yeah, that's yeah. that's super interesting. I want to say that. Um, that indie game Dead Cells kind of has a little bit mm, of that story, sure. but it doesn't have any story in it. It's early access. Yeah. Um, which is another one of the games I'm playing. Uh, yeah, like, so, trying to push through Nier, trying to push through Prey. Um, where's my backlog list of games <laughs> that I'm playing through? Big old backlog to uh, get through. No, I mean, this is just for this year, too. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh, shoot. oh man, I got, I got, I got hit at the Steam Summer Sale. Oh, yeah, a little bit. But I, I, I took you guys, a quick look. It terrified me. Have you guys heard of Hollow Knight? No, I've never yes! heard. Oh, I've heard that's super good. So it's like, so like, so I remember, remember how I was talking about like Dead Cells is this really good Metroidvania-esque thing with, with like, you sure. know, but like all of the things were, uh, all of the levels are random, are procedurally generated, right? So it's kind of like, okay, right? And I was kind of complaining about procedurally generated games. And I was like, why can't somebody come out with a Metroidvania that has like wonderfully crafted levels and like, you know, hand-drawn and like beautiful art? Turns out, <laughs> turns Hollow out it was coming two weeks later. Yeah, turn, well, it turns out it already came out. Yeah. Um, it is Hollow Knight, which is also coming to the Switch, which is where I wanted to Ooh. play it, but like I saw it on the Steam Summer Sale and just kind of gave up. And it is this. That reminds me, I need to play Shovel Knight too. Yeah, um, there you are got things, thoughts. <laughs> there are things I like about that game, but like just like are just they're just not tight enough. But fair enough. Yeah, Hollow Knight is just it's this weird 
I'm still getting into it. I'm still at the very beginning, and I'm still trying to get through it, but, like, it's super interesting, and it's definitely scratching the Metroidvania itch. It's like, you go here to un- beat this boss, to unlock this weapon, to get to a better area. Woo. But it's like, <laughs> but it's just like, from what I'm seeing, from what I've seen screenshots of, like, the map is, like, absolutely massive. Okay. Um, I've only unlocked, like, a very, very small part of it, so I'm excited to keep playing that. I'm, I'm wondering if I maybe should hold it off until it does come out on Switch, because, like, I feel like that's where it... It'll shine. It'll shine. Like, it's a portable game, right? But Yeah. Uh, so yeah, playing through that, um, trying to get through Kingdom Hearts 2.8, which, um, had a announcement recently. turns out Toy Story is being added as a world. It is. I'd heard about that, which is going to be really weird. (laughs) Yeah. Are you going to, I wonder, they'll probably have some sort of mechanic where you're going to have to dodge humans and like flop to pretend to be a toy. Uh, maybe. I I could definitely see it. It would be a waste if they didn't. I think so. But yeah, that's just me. That is so weird. They're, I hadn't heard that. They're definitely what? yeah. It, yeah, the the D twenty eight just came out yesterday, right? D twenty three. D twenty three. Yeah, or whatever. Disney's whole. Yeah, you know extra. Ashley's there. Oh really? Yeah. Oh man. She posted like a thousand pictures of the Kingdom Hearts keynote. She was dying. She yeah. loves that game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I totally adore that game, but uh, I'm just, I I mean, I adore that game so much that again, I'm like, I'm waiting to see what's coming up. Like, I I can't. Fair enough. Like, there's not much for me to like say about that until then. Um. Yeah, but yeah, uh, Evelyn. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> <coughs> Evelyn is coughing, uh, uh, and that's what she's been playing. Yeah, I've been playing this game called Real Life and the Outdoors. Um, <laughs> I hear re- uh, the response times suck. It yeah. is, and you can't fast travel anywhere. It all oh, takes forever. That's rough. And then you know, actually, I was. This is a interesting reflection on how sad my life is while i was out in the middle of the wilderness uh this weekend i was thinking about how unrealistic any survival game is where you can just walk out into the woods and find stuff yeah. i was in the woods or punch for days. trees <laughs> i was in the woods for days if i'd punched a tree i would have broke my hand and there was not jack shit anywhere that i could have gathered to survive if i hadn't brought all my food with me yep um, that's uh you, you just need to work on your survival skills you, you need to get that tech tree up <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know what I need to spam in order to level up. Real life's <laughs> it's terrible. Up, real life's upgrade mechanic needs some work. Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I don't know if you guys have something major. I've got just kind of a small topic to talk about today. Go for you're it. Excited about that? I yeah. want to talk about like underrated games, the kind of games that you played and you absolutely love, and but you don't feel get the recognition it deserves. Is it like? Are you talking about like games that like don't like? Oh, like this is like a hidden gem, or this like this is a real like I really like this game, but I know it's not a great game. Like uh, I don't know. Like if it... there's a lot of B tier games out there that I'm like totally a fan of. Like like I'm a real big fan of like the Forest Unleashed series, even though they're oh, terrible yeah, those games. Are not great games, but they were really fun. Yeah, that's what uh, I'm. Yeah, just I'd... put Star Wars in it, and everything's one step better. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, I used to play that game. Actually, is one I didn't think of, but totally fits. Because I remember I spent a ton of time. I think it was, was it, it might have been Jedi Academy, but like yeah. that whole series it, of where I basically, all I did was go into the the cheat system where you could yeah. spawn whatever and turn on gore and stuff like that and then just like kill everyone in a pit somewhere. And that was what I did for fun. It was great. 
Get that sounds so out. much yeah. worse <laughs> out of context. It does. It really does. Oh my god. Um, uh, but yeah, I guess something like that. Like the game that I was thinking of, I recently was sort of going through the games that I have and sort of like, oh yeah, I forgot about this, and I've been playing some Burnout Revenge. Which oh, is a game I that game totally is that game about. is not it's not a underrated. That is a how well I guess I guess three is the one that most people kind of like three put is on the a one pedestal. That people talk, like three and Paradise get talked yeah. about a lot. I hear I think Revenge gets talked like well three Revenge and Paradise are the three like burnout burnouts right? Sure, and, and you know I I'm, I guess it it was less thinking about oh yeah Burnout Revenge is such an underrated game and more thinking about man no one ever talks about this and it is so much no. fucking fun. I love I, the thing I loved about Revenge was the fact that you could traffic check. Yes. Um, traffic that was going your same your direction because mm-hmm. then it was just like then you didn't really have to worry and you can get boost by crashing into cars it was stupid it's it is it makes it difficult to play other like a a serious racing game like i have fours uh, uh in my library as well and after burnout it's just like i can't play this i can't do this at all this is ridiculous but yeah, I like. Uh, I love. I love those games. Um, I love how the newest Need for Speed looks like. It has a little bit of burnout sure. in it. Um, it has me way too excited for it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I want to say Paradise was one of the best experiences I had with a burnout game when I was a when I was a kid. Oh <laughs> dear, words. Uh, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, it. it Sorry about I that love loud noise. Revenge, a lot. And oh, playing yeah. it again, it is so good. Uh. I went and played some Viva Pinata again recently. That as one's well. a, that's a really good game. That's a great I do not game. think that you could qualify that as an underrated no, game. No, it was a very call, popular I game. I wouldn't qualify that. It as was well, it was it was a it was like one of those games that you had to like convince people like just trust. You me. may so, not believe it, but this more, game is amazing. That's what I mean by underrated in this case. In the case of Viva Pinata, is no one believed it was a good game until they actually played it, and they're like. <sighs> all right fine this oh, is pretty you were good right <laughs> yeah right um, so yeah uh, games like that for you guys is sort of what i'm curious to, to talk about i need to think about like yeah i'm not sure how many games i've played that are not ones that were recommended to me by like sure. all of society yeah that's fair <laughs> um um Ooh. well well one that's... game that my brother and I used to play all the time when we were kids, and then the name of it is escaping me, and it was this terrible Dragon Ball Z game. I mean, on... they all are terrible. Yes. This was the terrible one that I owned uh, <laughs> on uh, the PlayStation 2. I wish I could remember which one it was. Um, and it was it was just such a garbage game, but we both loved Dragon Ball Z, and it was one of those cases where it's a game that's not good, but it's good because I get to kick the ass of Vegeta all the time. Yeah, it's amazing. It, yeah. With a lot of the Dragon Ball Z games, none of them were very good, but they had a really good game what feel, if that makes fine. sense. Like, it's, it's, it's probably kind of one where... of the Budokai ones. Yes, it was Budokai 2. Oh yeah. But the Budokai <laughs> games are not good, but they, not good. Are. <laughs> they have really... Like, it's the game it's... feel thing that really nails it. Where, you know, I was thinking about... I mean, I mean, sort of. If you could figure out exactly like how to, well, if you could to, figure out how to do anything, anything. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean we had like a cheat sheet of how to do the like yeah. actual good moves, and every time you actually nail one, and yeah, oh, that was very satisfying. Yeah, I, not I a think, good game still. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, that was sort of it, talking about game feel made me think oh. a little bit about. I mean, one of the big reasons I love Burnout Revenge is they nail the feel of that game. And every single hit, you feel it. The boost really feels like a boost. I like the slowdown whenever you take someone out. It's like everything is 
very tight and everything is very punchy. And I sort of comparing that to a game like SSX, which I was playing again as well. Ah, that's a, that's a pretty good game. It's a pretty damn good game. But like the I, like the original ones, right? Oh, the, well, no, the newest one. Okay, so and the newest like, one's like okay. It's fine, but one of the things that I think it's really missing is some of the intensity that say SSX Tricky had or that Burnout oh, Revenge yes. had, where like you like I don't really feel like I'm doing that much of a trick when I'm doing a trick. I don't feel like I'm really boosting that much when I'm boosting. I want it to be like motion blur, like slow-mo kicking in. Like yeah, just over kick. the top. Absolutely. Really, just he wants, bring he wants you can really feel that you've done something. You, yeah. want, you want the game, like those sports games at the height of the X Games. Yeah. I, yes. I want the like NFL Blitz. <laughs> or like the Blitz. really good oh, Tony God, Hawk games. Really good. Oh my no, so, God. So like I yeah. was actually about to bring that up. Like yeah. I don't think that, so like everyone talks about three and four and I like those are my favorites but like I want to say that un- the first Underground and American Wasteland were both underrated games. I love Tony Hawk Underground. Underground yeah. was good. I love it. I mean, there are parts that I don't like about it, but I, I, I still I still like it as a game. Um, I'm looking through my list of like games I've ever played, <laughs> and it's like you actually have the list. So props to you. There, there are things like well, it's this one right now. It's just my Steam library, which is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, like Alpha oh. Protocol was a very good game that nobody ever played, and nobody ever played it because it was buggy as shit. Yeah, and it was broken. But like, I don't I even s- know what that is. It's this weird sort of like almost mass. It's like made. It's like a Mass Effect game, but for spies. Okay. It has that sort of like, sort of like, you can pick one of three different personalities to go through, and like, the gameplay wasn't that great, but like, it did some really interesting stuff where all the missions interspersed, kind of like the first Mass Effect, sure, where you would do something in one on like one planet or here in this instance one country, and it would affect how other characters would perceive you, like your reputation would precede you as the further you got into the game. I wish that more games would do that. Yeah, it's yeah. like the it, thing it, that people always complain about with Skyrim is that. You're the freaking dragonborn, and people are like, "Hey, you." Yeah, well, I mean, then that's a another thing. I think it comes down to some some game feel stuff. One of the big things I like about a game like Tomb Raider is you start out and everyone's like, "Oh, get her," and then everyone's like, "Oh shit, get her! Fuck, we need to get the hell out of here!" And like they know the stuff you've been doing, or you know, Halo uh, starts out where it you don't no one really knows what's going on and then you know halo 3 later halos they're like it's the demon run and you like you feel like you're like yeah fuck yeah, yeah i am <sighs> get out of my way and it makes you feel like so much more of a badass like lesson to be learned from that i think is yeah take it to the take it over the top a bit take it to the extreme more like Make we're me not feel like playing I'm... these games to see a bunch of realistic stuff. We're here for fun. Exactly. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, like there's there's certain games that are out there like that, but it's like having that extra little bit of stupid. I think is something that is a lot very sorely missed. And when it you do see it out in games nowadays, it's it's very fun to play them because and it's just know, like it's ridiculous. It's yeah, like why apparently. would you ever do this? Apparently, it's... I can't stop talking about Skyrim today for some reason. <laughs> that is a thing that Skyrim did have. It's like Fusroda. Yeah, like, that was kind of a broken aspect where you can launch a like a horse a thousand miles off the <laughs> top of a cliff and people loved it because it's so over the top and ridiculous yeah i mean yeah like the physics in that game was also kind of over the top and ridiculous yeah yeah I, that's I'm what makes it through, a great game looking through my list and i could just keep going not overrated though that does not fall no, in this category not, not falling into <laughs> overrated at all or underrated excuse me yes. Um, I would, another one that I sort of was thinking about when you mentioned Tony Hawk Underground and thinking about the games that I played way too much of as a kid, 
Uh, Star Wars Pod Racing for the Nintendo 64. Oh, that was such a terrible game. I love. I mean, the I, shit I, I, I played. I played. I played enough of it because I was a kid and I didn't know any better. Yeah. But I look back and I realize that is a terrible. <laughs> Wait game. a minute! I wasted so much time on this. If I played it again, I'd probably hate it. But man, did I love I, it! Trust when I me, you it as will. I tried. Uh, I, <laughs> man, there was a bit of an embarrassing story about that game, but. I believed that I was playing against other people online when I raced on it <laughs> oh, single player no. because I was six or seven years old. So I believed that when I was winning, I was beating actual people and not AI. Nice. So oh. I was a smart yeah. kid, clearly. Yeah, these are... I feel like these are a, a lot of a lot of games like in this category kind of also are going to be sort of like cult classics because yes. like people that a lot of people liked, but... Never kind of reached enough mainstream success. Right. Um, one of those is uh, Brutal Legend. Ooh, I think I remember that. Was that the... That was the Jack Black um, made yes, by that was made the, by Insomniac. He, he was the metalhead. Yeah. And it was kind of like a metal RPG. It, yeah. it, it was a weird... It was a, it was a metal RPG that turned into an RTS. Okay, I haven't... I have <laughs> like, obviously it, didn't... Well, like, it, it turned enough. into RTS because, like, you would be, like, on this guy, and then, like, all of a sudden you'd be fighting, bringing your troops into battle. It's It was weird. Hmm. Um, but it was... I want to say that that was a very fun, quirky game. Like, that, Um, I want to say, Bully was also one of those weird like, I remember smaller games. Yeah. I want to say that that was probably considered way better just because of the Rockstar pet pedigree. Um but that was a that was a really good game that I wish I could uh I couldn't like re-experience again. Cuz like that there's no replay value there. And no, it's like, I don't think so. Yeah. It, it it's an interesting one. I I remember my parents wouldn't let me play it. Yeah. Uh, cuz they were very <laughs> protective of me with my video gaming. Uh, but yeah, you know, I remember it was one of those that everyone was hyping up for a bit, and then I just kind of didn't hear anything about it after that. Yeah. Um, what else? The big one. This the game that I talk about constantly when we have these conversations is the Sly Cooper series. Again, I'm gonna. Oh yeah, that sure. yeah. Those are those it's are really good. Amazing games that I hardly know anyone who's played them, and those are extremely replayable. I still replay them regularly to this day. Oh, no, you're reminding me because like the, when I remember when I think of Sly Cooper, I think of the GameCube. Um, but uh, Beautiful Joe. Oh, Beautiful Joe. That's a great game. Yeah, I remember playing that. They, I've One of the many games that I'm like, how have you not made a sequel to this? Oh, Probably because yeah. nobody bought it, but man, it was good. It had some style. Yeah, it did. That, w- that game was all style. I miss cell shading. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, it, Breath of the Wild yeah. is kind of half cell shading. It's yeah. close enough. So, right? w- was... Did a lot of people play Spyro? Now thinking about like Sly well, Cooper, tons of people. Yeah, played Spyro that was really well loved. An amazing, okay, like, oh, that, but man, that, so that like, was that was like considered that was like known, yeah. well known. Okay, the that games like, that I played when I was that age, it was Spyro, Sly Cooper, and um, Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, I was Those a I was a Jack games. and Daxter Spyro kid. Spyro seemed to be like Sony's big thing from what yeah. I remember for a while. Yeah, yeah, it was their big platformer. I don't remember what the most recent one was, but I tried to play it and it was garbage. <laughs> what Spyro? Yeah, they're making. Well, a, I mean, Skylanders is Spyro, right? Yeah, yeah, they're making a remaster of it, right? <laughs> so the Toys to Life thing. I think I guess. that was the thing that we heard at E3 was they're making a remaster of the original Spyro. I think they. I think I heard something Spyro about Spyro One or Spyro yeah. I don't know. I think I, I think know. you might Spyro be right. Spyro Two was peak Spyro in my opinion. <laughs> oh, okay. So this is this is a game that I played a bunch of as a kid. 
Um, I don't remember how I got my hands on it, but um, Ty the Tasmanian Tiger. I loved that game. It was I, dumb. Yep, it, that's a dumb B game. It was a dumb B game that was really damn Threw fun. Boomerangs. That's a that was a fun GameCube game. I was terrible at it, and I never finished it. Oh, I, yeah, I really enjoyed. I, I I beat that game, but it was like that was it. It hadn't. I liked it way too much, in my opinion. Like, yeah. Going looking back at it, it's it's out on PC now. If you want to play it again. I'm not sure that I do. Yeah, good point. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, another. I feel like the GameCube was just full of games like that. Uh, the Star Wars Rogue Squadron was a game yeah. that I loved as a kid, and I'm not sure would hold up. Yeah, now. I'm thinking of a bunch of GameCube like Custom Robo was a Custom one thing Robo I really like. Another one. Um, yeah, I think I think the GameCube was was like that sort of generation of like games for us. Yeah, it seemed um, to be there's a lot of nostalgia in that, but also some legitimate, really good games. Yeah. It would be really great if they did, like, the remaster thing is so popular right now, and there's so it's many games from my there. childhood that I played yep. that I would love to have new versions of, or that I'd love to have a PC version of. Sure. I mean, yeah, like, that. that's what I liked about um, Platinum doing the uh, Bayonetta um, remake onto PC. Uh, well, not remake, but like they ported it to PC and ported it well, from what I understand. And they also just recently ported Vanquish, which is oh, a very good game that I never got the chance to play. I had never played it. No. Um, I hear it's like I hear it's a lot of fun. Um, hmm. It's a lot of sliding and shooting. Cool, sliding and shooting is always fun. Yeah. Oh, a game that I legitimately know is crap, but I still love the <laughs> hell out of was Enter the Matrix. Oh, dude, that was a oh. terrible game. It's a v- had the funniest <laughs> jumping animation of anything I'd ever seen. Like, you just, like, sprint up and then just, like, basketball jump shot in the air. I vaguely remember that that was one of those games where you glitch through stuff, like, you constantly. You glitch through <laughs> stuff all the time. Yeah, I, I remember, yeah, like, Enter the oh. Matrix was such a terrible game. And, like, I remember the part where you, like, saw the agent and it was just kind of frustrating. You're just like, this is dumb. Yeah, I, uh... And the Path of Neo was also pretty terrible. It's calling back to what something we were talking about, I think, before we were recording that... There's a lot of shitty games that aren't made anymore, like the Hannah Montana game. Well, yeah, so like shovelware is not a thing. Well, yeah, I mean, but it's also you but, also don't have the B tier games now. It's like it's like yes. that's what indie games have like more or less like t- replaced. Like you either have indie or triple A. I feels like that's a good point. It, it does seem like that. It seems like there's the really minor release or there's the giant franchise that everyone knows. Yeah, I mean, or it's uh, yeah, a new franchise that's gonna be that. Yeah, it's just great not to see games that I look at it and know that it's instantly going to be shitty. There's no redeeming quality to it on the shelves of GameStop. It's. I yeah. mean. I'm yeah. sure you could still find it if oh, you, you look. Oh, you could, but, but it's not. It's, it's less it's, like Legion. It's not as ubiquitous. Yeah, it's not the kind of thing where there's just billions of them, and then if you're very, very lucky, one copy of a good game. <laughs> like those bargain bins with like absolute shit. Yep, Walmart DVD basement or whatever. Oh, those are terrible. <laughs> you used to be able to get game sometimes with like cereal boxes and stuff like that. I mean, Sneak King was a thing. <laughs> Do you remember somewhat unrelated to? Well, no, it is related. Uh, to sneaking? No, no, no. To, to, <laughs> to, to, like, fuck? to the games you'd get in cereal boxes. Uh, there were these CDs that you'd get 
that were rectangular. I don't know if you ever got the one fuck? of fuck? Yeah. This and I'm ringing no bells. Uh, there was, I think it was one that was like a Matrix related one. It may have come oh, with no. Enter, the Ma- Enter the Matrix while I think about it. It was like an interactive, like not really a game. It was never. Like, yeah. I, that's crazy. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I remember having a rectangular CD that I was terrified to put in my parents' computer because I was certain it was going to destroy it. Uh, and it may well have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do remember a lot of, like, old demo demo discs that had, like, really shitty games on them. Yeah, all the, like, PC gamer yeah, demo discs. Yeah, all the PS2 demo discs. Yep, get, I had or, a lot of those. Or get a, yeah, oh, man. Um, another, on the subject of PC games that are kind of underrated for me, I really like Dawn of War. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warhammer 40k. I thought that was a really strong RTS, not deep in any way. I don't know that that's underrated. I know a lot of people who like that game. Yeah, I suppose. I remember just like nobody really talked about it, and it's not. Yeah, most so I guess they're making three, so yeah. I guess it's popular enough to get a three. Maybe I'm wrong then. Yeah. Um. Ooh, Bioware Jade Empire. I don't oh, know if I you guys ever played about that. that game. I I'd never played it, but I I remember Close Fist versus Open Hand. <laughs> like Open Hand's like basically Paragon. I from remember Mass everyone was like talking about, oh my god, it's gonna be so emergent and so cool. And then yeah, I just didn't hear anything it wasn't. about it. It was it was like it was okay. It was like it was like a slightly worse version of Kotor. <laughs> Before they quite got to that point. It was uh the story was great though. I, I played I played through it all. It was it was it was a good game. Yeah. Um. But I. Yeah. It's been a while since I played that. I think about it. Yeah. Could be one to see if it's deep in the steam somewhere. Well, there's only so many hours in the day to play games when everything has come out this year. God. Yeah. There's. Yeah. I have too much too stuff much. to play because, like, what else would we have coming up? like, you have you have Odyssey, Destiny 2's beta comes out pretty soon. When is that? Yeah. Um, well, so the Destiny really 2 soon. beta, the Destiny 2 beta for PS4 and Xbox, you can already preload it, but that comes out. Um, so that's the clo- you have to pre-order for that beta, right. but that's the console beta. The PC beta is supposed to be coming in August. Fingers crossed, PC beta. Yeah, yeah. it's it look. Everyone's like, yeah. It, from what I hear from the people who've gotten some access, I don't know if it's developers. Yeah, or, yeah, like like it's some know. media. Like a lot of them got access at E3, and they're saying, it, folks, this is really a beta. Like it is, <laughs> yeah. It well, is, it is a beta. We will lower our Keep expectations appropriately. I mean, yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. Um, yeah, you have Odyssey coming out. The new Wolfenstein is coming out that I really want to see, which looks fun. I think that's is that Spider Man game coming out this year? I thought that was coming out next. Is year. it next I think year? It's early next year. Okay, yeah. damn, that's unfortunate. Uh, is it? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I want to see it. I need to see it. I need to just like after like I still want something to come out to Spider Man too. Yeah. Which was a good game that everyone talks about, about being <laughs> like that's the good Spider-Man game. Um, <sighs> yeah. The yeah, point being, there is so much that I still haven't played. And then, like for any hidden play. gems that come out. And yeah, then, there's a whole sea of indie games. Some of them are going to be amazing. Oh, <laughs> yep. And then, like me, hard to keep up with. Continuously playing player unknown battlegrounds and murdering people. Yep, that's the. Uh, that's the game of the season. Pretty much everyone is talking about it everywhere. It's just like, oh, yeah, like here, what are we going to talk about? We're talking about normal things. So I went to somebody's house. Let me tell you about a time I went to a house and player unknown battlegrounds. It's basically it. Like, yeah, me and my friends play every so every night or so. Yeah, it's uh, it's an animal. Yeah. And I would be 100% sucked into it. 
it is. moment's notice. Yeah. Yeah, it's, there's a reason I haven't bought that game. I have janky, things to do with my I love life. It. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, so. Yes. Carl. I did have a topic. Yes, I'm trying please. to pull it out. Um, so this, I want to say this was very similar to something we talked about before, where I think we talked about, like, do games, are games that are fun, um, does it make them, does that prevent games from telling a very good story, right? From, or from, from from telling a very, you know, like, say, depressing or, like, very deep story. Is does it that, a problem? Is yes. it a problem? Is it, is it, does it impede that? Um, and I want to say that this is a kind of a question that kind of is in that area where when you, like, create a story, right, especially you see this in a lot of movies, there are times where the protagonist or, like, the character that you're following, right, is not necessarily the most, supposed to be the most likable guy. Like, you look at something like American Psycho, right? Um, Christian. Or are we talking about Game of Thrones? <laughs> or we're talking about Game of Thrones. Um, where, like, yeah, like, the, the main characters, like, aren't supposed to be likable. So what do you do when you have a video game where the protagonist is not actually supposed to be all that likable and relatable? Because, like, you see a lot of times where you have games where, oh, like, we just, we're just going to make the, the main character, like, the super, like, wisecracking cocky guy because that's what everybody likes to, like, to listen to. Because, like, you have the Assassin's Creed thing and you had Ezio, which was this small, like, you know, suave, like, guy that cracked jokes all the time but also had, like, an air of seriousness about him, whatever. That's, sure. like, standard protagonist but then you move on to assassin's creed 3 and everyone's like complaining like oh the protagonist isn't as likable and you're like well no it's not because you know you he basically got his whole life turned around by the assassins like his entire village was turned on fire he's not really supposed to be this sort of like smarmy guy it's like supposed to be a different character and yeah it i want to say that having an unlikable main character sometimes makes it hard for people to play as them i can say that for me if there's an unlikable main character i can't play it yeah i'll put the game down like it makes it takes away the joy from playing the game i want to play a game because it's fun and an unlikable character makes the game not fun i will say i am very sick of the wisecracker though yeah and i'm sick of the person who just talks shit to everyone i like i i think i've talked about this on a podcast before but that was a problem i had with red dead redemption is that john marston would just be a complete asshole to anybody he interacted with at any time. I was like, dude, chill the fuck out. And it was really frustrating to play the game as a result of that. But Yeah, I mean, I was going to kind of like a, another Rockstar game that I had trouble getting through was L.A. Noir, mm. um, where you kind of wanted to get through the game and get through the cases. You're like, well, if I solve all these cases, you know, I'm be making L.A. a better place. But it's like, no, it's supposed to be a very tragic story, which um, I only recognized after playing it a little bit. Fair enough. Um, so you have stuff like that. Um, it's very interesting because then you want to say like, does that prevent you from making, from ever really experiencing that side of a story? It is. Yeah. It's tough to do something like that in any sort of fiction really is to put yourself in the head of someone unlikable. And then, you know, to make them likable from there on out is also an extremely difficult task, but when you're already in the head of someone who's like, this person is supposed to be kind of terrible and they're not really going to get redeemed. I remember I had that problem with the the fourth Game of Thrones book uh, where you spend half of it in Cersei's head and it was just a miserable experience and I hated every time I saw her chapter because it just was an unpleasant experience to be in her head. And it, it with video games, it does seem to become a 
bigger problem because to inhabit yeah. them because you have to control them yeah. through their stuff. And you're not necessarily playing like you can say like you play like immersive sims, something like a a Bioshock or a Prey, right? Where you're kind of you kind of you're playing the character and you're immersing yourself in their world. And yeah, yeah, you know your character has their own opinions, but you can still kind of influence those actions and the actions presented to you are always still within the parameters of that character. Yeah. But like with so many so many um video games out there that have that sort of blank protagonist right like the oh we're not going to give them any characterization because you're the character you're going to be this person like you're going to be the one playing in this world yeah i want to say with that since that's been so much more of a general expectation of where you it's like you get to be in this world rather than you get to observe this world and kind of interact with it in a way that will make you feel uncomfortable because you are a terrible person yeah i will say i think one exception i mean obviously you know it doesn't make you feel bad but one sort of exception to the you're controlling and observing a pretty unlikable character is in like comedic games the kind of games that don't really have that in depth of a story but the kind of thing where it's like yeah this person's kind of a terrible person but it's fine because the game in general is not supposed to be taken that seriously. i mean well, what I think kind a of great example what kind of, of yeah stick of truth well, like so, a lot of them are sure. really obnoxious and unlikable. Yeah, but like, but, like but, but, but you're but you as a protagonist are just this silent protagonist that just kind of goes. That's true. You're not that really sinking into the character. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I was thinking about something. I mean, you know, in terms of it's not really a likable character. It's, I wouldn't say the character is unlikable, but Octodad is a good example mm-hmm. of that, where it's it's not someone who you're really <coughs> supposed to like, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You're just supposed to kind of be ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely on those very story-like games, I can see that working. Like, actually, thinking about it now, like, something like Hotline Miami. Sure, that's actually a really good example. Like, that's a good game. It's a really good game. And you're just murdering people. Yeah. And Or uh, Party Hard is another one that's sort of kind of similar, yeah. where you're very much kind of supposed to, or you fucking should dislike the guy, because there's a whole side story about how you killed... A cop's only daughter, and it's like, what the fuck? That but is again, so sad. You're not at all immersed in the character. It's these little like two minute cutscenes for that game. Like, yeah, well, yeah. Like, it, I, I want to say that, like, yeah, like for Party Hard, yeah. But like Hotline Miami, yeah. that's some that shit yeah. gets deep. It gets dark. Like barring two, which was kind of like whatever, but <laughs> it gets dark. And I want to say like that. That's kind of interesting, right? Because like I want to say that with it's very interesting because like i want to say that the level design really helped with that where it's like you you had to do certain things and then you kind of were only getting tidbits of the story as you came as you got it which i want to say it makes it very interesting because then like if you um shoot you, you you take something like um what's that, what's that? Oh, i can't remember the name of that game <laughs> but like something with like you 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 only have bits and pieces, right? Like sure. so your memory, like the memory's fragmented, or you don't know necessarily know enough about the story. And you don't realize you're an asshole until the very end. Okay. I want to say that that is probably one of the more effective ways of doing it. Yeah. Where like, cause like I think, uh, yeah. Um, what was the one? Was it Limbo? Oh, was one of the ones like that? No, uh, I think no. You're thinking about um, because oh. you're trying to rescue a girl. No, no, it's 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 by the braid braid. That's the one. Yes. Sorry. It was from the same people. Yeah. It's it's made by uh, Jonathan Blow, same guy that made The Witness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and I was sort of thinking, 
one of the things that kind of is common between Party Hard and Hotline Miami that kind of makes it work for you inhabiting a not good person mm-hmm. is that you don't, as Evelyn was saying, you don't really spend a lot of time with either of them. Or of, you don't spend a lot of time in his head like about the decisions he's yeah, trying to make. all the levels are very much like in and out done. Like Hotline Miami, famously so, is like all the levels. I think you can beat them in like less than thirty seconds for yeah. the most part. You can you just go through, just go like whack, whack, whack. Yeah, and, and Party Hard, you know, a little bit less so, but it does seem like it's also kind of you. You don't spend a lot of time with the character. It's just oh yeah, here's no. the objective. Go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I honestly can't think of any many more examples of. Situations where the character is just straight up awful. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of them where they're snotty like, and annoying. I mean, there's stuff like, like, and, I guess, like, it's more of like dislike of a character, like the original Watch Dogs. I want to say, like, and this is this is actually something that I want to like. It's made me think of it. It's like you compare Watch Dogs one to Watch Dogs two. Watch Dogs one, you have Aiden Pierce, which is this like super. It's like a super dark, nitty gritty guy. Is like guy is already he's already off the grid on some in some respects. And he's kind of an asshole. He's pretty much an asshole the whole way through. And you come to the point where you just don't like him. And, like, at the very end, you have, like, this sort of moral choice of whether to shoot a guy or not. And it's, like, if I, like, I personally don't want to shoot the guy, but this character should shoot this guy because hmm. that's just his character. Um, Which could be a really effective storytelling technique, yeah. but. But, it, yeah, that's why I, th- I want to say that's partially why people didn't like Watch Dogs 1. And why a, p- a lot of the reason why people like Watch Dogs 2 is because now it's this, like, overtly cyber campy like <laughs> crazy like oh marcus and his like hacker crew of pals get into a bunch of trouble again <laughs> and it's like meanwhile back at the hall of justice <laughs> yeah stuff like that yeah, it's, it's a little bit campier and a little bit funnier it's super light-hearted and it's like it's, it's it's interesting and it's fun but it's like i feel like a lot of the the gravity of the situation that deals with things like privacy and security um are really lost in that game it doesn't have yeah. as much of a good impact as I thought it did in the original. I will say, I think another game, a, a game series, honestly, with a couple of exceptions that has characters that at least I personally despise. I guess Rockstar is just the people of it because the GTA games, I've never <laughs> liked a single character in the that. The campaign I wanna say, I wanna has say like, the shittiest people, but that's sort of the point. You yeah, I want to say like the closest were probably like San Andreas and 5 that I actually liked the characters. Yeah, and it, like, a gay Tony You liked, liked the characters in 5? I liked I like Franklin. Yeah, okay, Franklin okay, was cool. Okay. Uh, like uh, hated uh, Michael, hated Trevor. Michael and Trevor were the worst. I, yeah, I hated I hated Michael, I hated Trevor, but like Franklin I, I was into like Franklin reminded me again a lot of the main characters from San Andre- Andreas, which I also liked cuz like the grocery green, yeah, they're gangsters. Yeah, they have a gang and they're fighting it, but like like at least like one of them seems to be like a decent guy, right? He's like, yeah. you know, trying to just like, trying to get by. Yeah, yeah and just like, and, you know, yeah. But yeah, I'd never liked Michael or Trevor, uh, Nico in GTA Four. I'd never liked at all. Uh, I, I forget if it was it was Gay Tony. I think where that was one where I really did like the character. The I DLC, thought, yeah, yeah, that was I or, thought, really um, good. I don't, um, I don't think I liked the character, but I thought I always just I always I I loved Vice City. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying they're, you know... Yeah, I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of, like, whether I really like the character or not. I think that's one of the ones where, I guess, Rockstar kind of does that. Because, for the most part, I haven't really liked anyone in the Grand Theft Auto game. But it seems like people still 
kind of enjoy Westworlding it up there. I think a lot of people tend to slam through the campaign in order to get to the after game stuff. Yeah, or like yeah, like like really the true. use cheats to blow stuff up or whatever, right? Yeah, I mean you know GTA Five has basically become GTA Online. Yeah, so. we're better or worse, or we're, better or for, or for worse, worse, certainly, or for worse or for worse. mostly for worse. Yeah, basically to the point where I can't unless play you're it. Rockstar shareholders, then it's for yeah, the better. that's great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I pretty much can't play it at this point because it no. takes too much money. Well, no, yeah, like there's no like the DLC for that thing is stupid, just absurdly expensive. It looks fun, but it looks so fun. But, but I'm never gonna play money. it. Yep. Uh, all right. Well. Thanks for tuning in, folks. Uh, hope you all enjoyed. Uh, Thanks for hosting once again, Zach. Yep. Yes, of course. Uh, thank you guys for being here. And uh, find us online for some more. Hopefully SoundCloud doesn't disappear. So we yeah, can I was going to say. That. Well, we're, we might have to find a new home. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll Wait, keep, you, what? We'll keep yes. you guys posted we'll, we'll about We'll talk about that. it after. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, sounds good. Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.